0: Hello, wherever you're listening to us, I hope you're staying safe and doing well. I'm Hari Arakli and this is today's tech briefing. In this program,
1: right, to us, uh, dealing with responsible AI needs to go far beyond the narrow focus of just algorithms that power AI. Companies or organizations must look at every aspect of end to end AI systems, right? be it the front-end of data collection, processing, and storage, uh, to the back-end of how the output of these algorithms is used, who makes those decisions, how
0: that information is presented. That's after these headlines. Lenscart has raised $220 million in an investment led by Singapore's sovereign wealth fund Temasek and Falcon Edge Capital taking its total to $315 million, Economic Times reports, citing Chief Executive Piyush Bansal. The funding was equal parts primary infusion and secondary share sale according to the paper. Lenskart's existing investors TPG and IFC sold parts of their holdings in this round. Lenskart, now valued at $2.5 billion, will use most of the fresh funds to expand into Southeast Asia and West Asia. Delivery, an Indian logistics startup that is headed for an IPO in the coming quarters, has raised $100 million from FedEx Express, a unit of American logistics company FedEx, which is looking to expand operations in India, TechCrunch reports. As part of the deal, the companies will enter into a long-term commercial agreement. FedEx Express will focus on international export and import services to and from India, and Delivery will sell FedEx Express international products and services in India, and provide pickup and delivery services across the country. FedEx will also transfer certain assets pertaining to its domestic business in India to delivery. Two months ago, Gurugram headquartered delivery, which is valued at $3 billion, got $277 million in funding, according to TechCrunch. Captain Fresh, a tech-enabled business-to-business seafood marketplace, has raised $12 million in its Series A round, led by VC firm Axel. The startup is focused on aggregating the fragmented retail demand across the country and linking them to small fishermen and farmers throughout the Indian coast. Existing investors, Matrix Partners India, Angkor Capital, and Incubate Fund also invested, along with a clutch of angel investors. Founded in 2019 by Uttam Gowda, Captain Fresh is attempting to transform the complex fish and seafood supply chain, according to a press release. Slang Labs which makes a voice assistant, has raised an undisclosed amount in funding led by Google Business Standard Reports. Other investors including entrepreneurs Velu Murugan, Thomas George and existing VC backer India Partners. Kumar Rangarajan, co-founder of Slang Labs, previously founded Little Eye Labs, which became the first Indian startup to be bought by Facebook, going from creation to acquisition in less than 18 months according to Business Standard. Little iLabs made software tool for analyzing performance of Android apps. Apple has released another beta version of its iOS 15 software for iPhones, meant for those interested in testing it. The final build of the software is expected in September. This latest release is iOS 15 Public Beta 3 and it includes changes such as the design of a Safari browser and new music widgets. Those interested can sign up via Apple's website. Separately, Apple's 2021 iPhone may have an always-on display similar to Apple Watch, The Verge reported, citing the Power On newsletter from Bloomberg's Mark Gurman. The new phones will have improved battery life, a smaller notch on the screen, better video recording, a 120Hz refresh rate, and a faster A15 chip, according to the report. With artificial intelligence software becoming more prevalent, efforts have stepped up across businesses and government organizations and think tanks to define what responsible AI might be like. I spoke to Sumit Saravgi, MD and senior partner at Boston Consulting Group, about his work in this area. Saravgi leads BCG Gamma in India, the consultancy's practice focusing on helping clients use data science, AI, and other advanced technologies to improve their businesses. Here's the conversation. Sumit, uh, welcome to this podcast. Uh, thank you for making uh, time for it. Thank you, Hari. So, of course, we are going to uh, you know, ask you to give us your views about, uh, uh, I guess, one of the most uh, happening uh, uh, ideas and topics uh, today outside the COVID pandemic, uh, which is, of course, artificial intelligence. Uh, and and uh, you're an expert in this field and you've been looking at it for a long time. Uh, It might help, uh, you know, to kind of talk about uh, how the whole idea of AI itself has evolved, uh, especially in more recent times. I mean, you know, many, many years ago, you know, popular movies and things like that were all about, uh, you know, things like Terminator and all that kind of stuff. Uh, But I think, uh, you know, AI is probably, it can be... uh, uh, much more mundane uh, in one sense, uh, and probably also more involved and sophisticated at the other end of the spectrum. So maybe if you can talk about how AI has evolved, uh, then we'll have some follow-on questions. Understood.
1: Uh, Hari, I think that's a that's a good start. You know, uh, AI, we all talk about, you know, AI, and, and the idea is, you know, do we understand what AI is? And AI is essentially any kind of a system uh that has that that can take in that can help us take intelligent decisions right uh so and in that respect AI has evolved from just being uh an evaluator of historic performance uh to now essentially into deep and self-learning uh, algorithms and systems that can really, uh, you know, be advantages to the organizations, to the government, and to the society as a whole. Uh, Along with the development of AI, uh, you know, has also come the development of different use cases that use uh, AI, right? So, there has been a explosion of use cases that, that take advantage of AI across industries. And these use cases range from uh, you know, demand, to customer experience, to fraud detection, risk management, uh, and even use cases in, in the field of government uh, you know, uh, and, and, and recently, for example, for COVID-19 uh, and pandemic control. you know, There have been use cases all over. Supply chains are now being redesigned with the help of AI, et cetera. The second change that has happened is in the explosion of data, right? And and the availability of data, not only of companies' own data, but of data that is uh, outside of the company uh, is is actually exploding. Um, We actually found that companies who use a mix of their own data and data outside of their companies... Um, are essentially you know able to take more advantage of these of these ai systems um, but there is a third and a more important uh, aspect of ai that is also coming up. Um, you know because as the adoption of artificial intelligence has increased in the past decade the need for ensuring its responsible use has also enlarged simultaneously Right? Because AI you know, can certainly increase the financial performance of companies or make for better customer experience and better quality of services. Uh, but uh, the need to ensure its responsible use uh, has also increased. And so uh, how we as a society, uh, as Uh, companies that operate within this society, as consumers who consume the services delivered by these companies and the government, look at not only the development of AI, but the responsible use of AI uh, is is becoming very important.
0: Mm. Uh, Can you you, uh, talk about uh, some of the efforts worldwide to kind of define what would make uh, res- responsible AI and including at uh, BCG, uh, what is happening in this area? Sure.
1: Uh, so, Hari, a lot of, you know, I mean, I should say a lot, but this topic of AI, responsible AI, and making sure that there are regulations around it uh, has been evolving rapidly in the last few years uh you know in, uh, in 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 the you know 2000 I would say that after 2018 these these efforts have actually gained a lot of stream. today if you look at it uh, you know most recently Europe has come up with uh, a draft regulation to regulate AI right It is uh, the artificial intelligence act, Uh, you know, which came out in April of 2021. Uh, It has, you know, essentially opened up the debate on uh, responsible AI through regulations, right? So that's one area that is developing. Uh, And there are both pros and cons of doing regulations to to ensure uh, responsible AI. Uh, At the same time, there have been multiple efforts both by private companies research organizations governments uh, even world economic forum that has taken a, a lot of lead in this this area to define what we call as the principles of responsible ai right and uh, you know they essentially define what should a, a responsible ai look like right so that people can essentially uh, you know, sort of report against it, create policies uh, against it, self report against it, and self regulate against it, right? Uh, around, you know, it should be lawful, it should be ethical, it should be robust. How do you ensure equality, safety, you know, privacy, security, etc.? cetera? Uh, but I think I'll be amiss if I didn't mention the third thing, uh, which is there, are, there have been significant efforts on behalf of companies. Uh, that are also embracing responsible AI. So there have been companies, and we've done surveys, uh, you know, and and classified companies into, you know, who are at what stage of maturity of, of, uh, you know, responsible AI. Uh, But there are companies that are doing a lot uh, to essentially uh, make sure that their own AI systems and the development of AI in their, their organizations uh, is, is is done in a responsible way. And it is not just about the algorithms. It goes from the front end of how data is collected and stored and managed to how are the back end decisions are made, who makes those decisions, etc. So I would say over, over years, there has been a, a spate of regulatory interventions, Hari, that have come in. EU is the most recent example of that, but there have been efforts in India. There is a a paper that NITI I.O. came up with. Uh, there have been efforts in Singapore. There have obviously been efforts in the U.S. as well around regulations. The second thing that has happened is a set of basic principles that have been defined by governments and and private companies and research organizations. And third, uh, some of the, about 20% of the organizations that adopt AI, especially the larger ones, have started taking efforts uh, on their own to ensure that they use AI responsibly.
0: Hmm. Uh, Can you give a couple of uh, examples for the most important uh, principles uh, that these efforts at uh, defining responsible AI have looked at, uh, maybe from the EU regulations or India's Niti Aayog's uh, papers and so on?
1: Yeah, sure. I, I will, um, you know, it, I'll talk to you about how, what we in BCG Gamma believe. Um, and what we've come up with uh, is a is a very comprehensive set of uh, what I would call as principles. So we, we believe in the seven principles and we call it six plus one, um, because the plus one Uh, essentially refers to our commitment to designing systems that put humans at the center of AI. And I I believe that is one of the things that governments and regulations around the world need to also think about. The central principles of responsible AI uh, are essentially accountability. Uh, By accountability, Hari, I mean, uh, at the end of the day, if something fails, or if something is not happening in as a result of an AI system, then how do we ensure that there is accountability for uh, uh, you know for whoever designed the system and where does the accountability really lie? Second is about fairness and equity. Like many times we hear about uh, AI systems leading to biases. Uh, biases can come in many forms and shapes. Um, So how do we ensure fairness and equity? Third is about data and privacy governance. Now data and privacy governance, you know, has been around uh, for some time now, there have been regulations around it. Uh, But AI consumes a lot of data, right? And and sometimes, uh, you know, how is personal data used while developing artificial intelligence algorithms and systems? Uh, you know, is something that one needs to debate about. I mean, think, for example, uh, you know, just a credit scoring mechanism that, you know, any financial institute would would use or even a facial recognition uh, system that somebody would create, now, you know, do you consider facial recognition as, as private data? Uh, and can you really use that private data to, to make decisions right without the consent of, of people? Uh, Fourth thing uh, is about social and environmental impact, Hurry, right? A lot of, you know, it started off with, uh, and everyone is aware of, you know, the fact that large either elections or or public moods were, you know, influenced using the use of data and artificial intelligence, right? At the same time, a lot more of government uh, uh, policies and, and 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 you know what we do nowadays in society is impacted by uh, by things or uh, systems that operate on ai you know take fake news for example uh, you know take you know allegations that sometimes fake news is used to you know create tensions in the society things like that so how do we ensure that those kind of harmful effects on society and even our environment uh, do not uh, occur uh, the the fifth one is safety security and robustness right i mean of course it has to be safe and secure robust means scalable um, you know it, it should not have incorrect decisions that lead to unnecessary exclusions of people uh, it should not have privacy risks uh, that are associated with it, uh, so on and so forth. And lastly, it needs to be transparent. Um, so transparency comes from you know being able to uh, you know be able to dive into what kind of data sets were used to to define this this particular algorithm. Can they be tested? Uh, so on and so forth. So at the end of the day, different organizations come up with, you know, different sort of principles. But this six plus one to us is is very critical uh, in ensuring uh, that responsible AI uh, is is maintained in in whatever we do in the field of AI. Hmm.
0: Uh, So uh, I would imagine you would have been working on coming up with... uh... Prescriptions, if you will, uh, on how organizations and companies can uh, build their products, their systems, their software uh, in such a way that uh, their use of AI, their application of AI, can be measured or tested and held against uh, you know standards and so on. Uh, any thoughts on uh, what is yeah. being done?
1: Yeah, actually, yes. I mean, basically, we are. Uh, you know, sort of uh, one of the very large producers of uh, artificial intelligence algorithms. We've got platforms that do about 40, 50,000 algorithms a week. Uh, At the same time, we are also uh, advising some of the largest companies in the world on how to leverage the power of AI, right? To us, uh, dealing with responsible AI needs to go far beyond the narrow focus of just algorithms that power AI, companies or organizations must look at every aspect of end-to-end AI systems, right? Be it the front end of data collection, processing, and storage, uh, to the back end of how the output of these algorithms is used, who makes those decisions, how that information is presented, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So there are five or six uh, things, Hari, that uh, you know uh, companies can do uh, to essentially uh, make sure that they they just don't even, don't just talk about uh, AI but essentially do something uh, that is uh, that is useful. I think the first one is about uh, a responsible empowered AI leadership so within the company do you have somebody who is responsible for AI ethics? Or do you have a responsible AI committee, whether it's at an executive level or a board level that looks at this? Second is, do you have as companies, uh, principles, policies, and training? Do you communicate and disseminate responsible AI principles, policies, and trainings to all people within your organizations, including the leaders? Third is how do you establish what we call as a bionic AI governance, what I mean by that is uh, not everything can be uh, AI driven, not everything can be human driven. At what stage of the decision making do you do you merge the human angle with the AI angle? What are the roles and responsibilities? Uh, is there are there mechanisms for reviews and, and adherence? Um, and then, you know, do you have tools and methods that are uh, integrated into in, into this and lastly do you have a response plan uh, for any lapses that might occur uh, in your organization so long story short uh, you know is it something that companies are doing well today uh, I would say only a few of the companies are doing it well today um, and many more can actually take, take these things out.
0: Excellent. Uh, We'll have to leave it there, uh, Sumit. uh, Insightful conversation. Uh, Thank you again for making time for this.
1: Thank you, Hari. It was a
0: pleasure. That was Sumit Saravaghi. That's it for this briefing. You can find all our podcasts on ForbesIndia.com and on your favorite podcast apps. I'm Hari Arakali. Thank you for listening.